G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Mike. And I'm Dale. And we're here for our review of Australia Decides 2020. Mm. We've just got back into Brisbane after our weekend on the Gold Coast, hence why our voices might be a little... <laughs> yeah, well, I think, look, it's the biggest... Um, it's the biggest week of the year for Australia, I think, even more than Eurovision to a point, because so many thousands of Australian fans get to go and see this live. We all get to go to the Gold Coast and catch up, and obviously there's a few after parties as well. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's been a fantastic weekend for Eurovision in Australia, and obviously there's some um, effects for us. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, it wasn't just a bender on the Gold Coast. There was an actual competition. So I guess we should talk about the show itself. Uh, look, what were your impressions, Dar? Look, I think we really, it, it certainly changed from last year. Uh, last year was this kind of like, wow, we're doing a national final and we look back at the history of Australia and et cetera, et cetera. To me, this is a real showcase of Australian artists. And I love the postcards and getting to know them and really showcasing um, what they're about. And all that camaraderie as well, particularly amongst the indie artists too. They, they really seem to really bond about, right, we're going to go in this together and see how we go. Yeah, look, I thought the show itself was really good. Excellent, really. Uh, and it also it went on from last year. They tightened in areas I think they needed to. Mm, mm. And I think they learned a lot from 2019. And I think it showed in the 2020 show. Uh, also, our guests, we had Mons and, of course, Jan Olesant was mm. here. Um, Mons was incredible. Like, people went nuts. Oh, the crowd just went absolutely bananas, as they did for Jan Olesant as well. <laughs> for both of those, they had such a huge um, sort of reception from the audience yeah. that I don't think they would get from European audiences, like the fervor we had for them. God, was... Even the entrance of Yon Alassane was very dramatic, <laughs> and it was fantastic. I think they see just how big it is here. It's not just some little novelty thing. It's a big deal in our country. Absolutely. And speaking of big, I thought the stage was terrific this year, much bigger, and allowed the artists to freely move into the crowd and give it a bit more intimate atmosphere. Totally agree. I think I had no issue with it being sort of the same backdrop. Mm -hmm. That was great because it was actually making that kind of almost teardrop approach with the stage, which really made it far more intimate with the crowd. And I think that really showed. It was it was much better. I really preferred that. Yeah, yeah, really great show. Well done to everyone at SPS. And also, I must say, even the little um, the simple using the wave as the kind of like a new into the ad breaks and whatnot was better than the sand approach. Okay, much more Gold Coasty. Even though it rained the whole time in Gold Coast, <laughs> but you know, Gold Coast is lovely. Exactly. I felt so sorry for Mons. He's come all the way to Australia to be rained on for an entire week. <laughs> all right. Well, we did have a winner from the show. I guess we should start talking about results, Dale. Let's have a talk about Montaigne and Don't Break Me. First with the juries, uh, got the 54 points there, and second in the tally vote, total of 107. She did win by seven points in the end. What were your thoughts? Well, look, it was a close run race, really, wasn't it? And mm. I really think that 
I certainly connected with the song a lot more. The question marks I had about it being, well, I, I, I need to I need to see Montaigne be raw and do this and get do everything she needs to do with this performance. And I think that being a very TV performance, mm-hmm. like very much a TV performance, it was great to watch it in the stadium, but you're watching something happen. And then you watch it on TV and just the her energy and what she puts into that performance and the way she connects, it's very true to her. And that's what I really connected with. And I always knew it was a good song. Mm -hmm. To me, it was about the connection. And so it came together. In the end, for me, I was super happy that it got through. Yeah, I think it's the right song. I think it's the right song to be selected to go. It was always my favourite. I thought the performance was incredibly difficult for her, really. And, you know, with the amount of choreography and movement that had to take place throughout the performance to maintain some, you know, a good vocal level, Mm. incredibly different. And then, of course, there was the production challenge of making that all seamless and come to life. So that came together really, really well. Um, You know, should we talk about the, you know, aesthetic and the staging? And that seemed to be a big talking point. Look, it was always going to divide people because, like, if you dress like a clown, um, that (laughs) is going to work for some people and it is going to put people off and you might just have to get to a point of getting to the song after you get over the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. But for some people, they might think it's fantastic and, and, and an art fest. We actually had a chat to Montaigne prior to the show and you did ask about that. And uh, shall we have a listen? Yes, we shall. Um, the song inspired the blueness. I feel like the song sounds blue. Like the way I, the thing I think of when I hear the song is like a Blade Runner-esque, like sci-fi future city. It's raining all the time. I'm looking out my apartment window. Everything has like <laughs> this faint tinge of blue in it you know what I'm talking about like that's what I see so that was the blueness and then everything else was just like I have this obsession with like clowns and clown aesthetic Um, and I like the idea I think most clowns we see in in history and culture are men and I was like would be fun to be a lady clown well I think when you hear that I I love the reasoning behind it obviously it's really mean something with her and the whole female clown thing. It's true. You don't see female clowns very often, do you? I never you? thought of it. No, I never do, but hello, we're men. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> there goes our privilege. Privilege blindness. Uh, exactly, exactly. But you know what I really liked, probably more than anything? The blue. The blue mm-hmm. aesthetic. And I had no issue with the blue. I really liked. Um, she wore this outfit for the media call and it was really slick and awesome. It had mm-hmm. his jacket. I liked the blue hair. I think that's a kind of cool effect. I would say the ruffle thing, I wasn't a massive fan on. <laughs> and maybe the kind of rouge thing going a little <laughs> on the clown side because I felt like you had to get past that visual to then get to the rest of the, the complexity of mm-hmm. what was happening. But that was just personal to me. I got over it, but I could imagine yeah. others. But perhaps it, perhaps it could be a distraction for some people yeah. and you're not focusing on what's actually the, the core of it. But if, she, if that blue is really connecting with her, don't lose that because mm-hmm. it keeps that authenticity about who Montaigne is as an artist. And if that works for do it, just maybe, maybe the, I mean, we know there'll probably be changes to oh, the staging. Most definitely. I guess let's talk about uh, the road to Rotterdam for this song. Mm. Uh, speaking to Josh Martin and Paul Clark, it does sound like Montaigne will be heading over to Europe to do some of the preview shows. There were indications from Paul that they would be a fan of going over to do the preview shows this is before she won Mm -hmm. Um, no confirmations of course but I'd imagine they may be doing it particularly if they have to do a postcard anyway Um, so it certainly is not off the radar to happen so and I think she'd she'd be brilliant and get her out there because one of the best things about this song other than the songwriting is Montaigne Montaigne. it's her it's really about her definitely
differently. And for me, I think this song's very, I want to say, pliable as far as your staging and the direction they could take this. You could take this anywhere. You could really, really anywhere. Do absolutely anything with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even like the, 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 the whole one shot thing, the complexity of yeah. it. I don't think I realized how complex it was until you watch it back again, I think, the second time. You're like, wow, there's so much happening here. Mm-hmm. But it's really raw and I, I really do enjoy it. It is. It's incredibly difficult to be hitting your marks all the time and making sure you've got your face in the right spot for the camera shot, etc. Yeah. That is incredibly difficult. She's dancing backwards. She's yeah. doing all sorts of things. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think we agree. Right winner on the night there, Dale. In, indeed, on the night, right winner. And I sure. think it seems to have got a good reaction from the uh, fandom out there. They seem to uh, injure, say this was probably the right choice look you're never going to please everybody you are never going to please everybody you're never going to please everybody but at the same time this was one of the big fan favorites look there's probably two um going in and this was particularly there was a lot of europeans loved it and you know what i i think most the majority of people are, are happy with the result again there'll be some you can never please and let's everybody. move on <laughs> absolutely let's move on let's move on to the second place getter shall we it was casey donovan with proud Third with the juries, Casey won the tally vote and ended on 100 points. Look, for me, I'm going to start on this one. This was, for me, by far and away, the vocal of the night. She just hit that vocal so, so well. She really showed that that intimacy she can have in her voice and then bring it all the way through to power. And um, stadium performance-wise, it was jaw-dropping. Really, really amazing. Yeah, I was I wasn't a massive Eurovision song fan of this. I think this is a really good song. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought Casey was phenomenal. There's a reason she's won two reality shows. Yep. She connects with people, and you can't help but like her. Mm. And then you like her, and then she does a vocal flawlessly like that with such emotion. Yeah, real talking about connecting with the song and the authenticity. Casey did it in droves, and I think she surprised a lot of people by. Almost taking it out. Yeah. Like, she was not far away from winning. We we thought perhaps with just a slightly stronger song or a more competition song, she could have easily have taken that out. Oh, you've got to say, if Casey Donovan comes with more of a, let's say, Eurovision song Mm -hmm. or contemporary, uh, (laughs) watch out because she's probably going to win the whole thing. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go up against her. But look, Mike, she didn't win. um, uh, She won the telly vote. Mm -hmm. And so we have a situation where the televote winner doesn't actually represent Australia. How do you feel about that? Oh, I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue, to be honest. It was fairly close with the televote, etc. Um, look, yeah, I, I have no issue with it. That's We have a system that it's a jury televote system, and, and uh, she came second. There I was, think she did a great job to come second. Too. There was some gnashing of teeth online from a very small amount because we know what the situation is. We lo- That's why we want to have a jury there because yep. this is how Eurovision works. And so you need to balance it up. So uh, I don't think it was a, a big deal because Montaigne was quite close behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? When it's, um, you know, people feel that that's going to be their choice and it's not. And ultimately, Montaigne came second. So she came sixth or anything with oh, her, her tally vote. Oh, so, you know, she was, she was right up there. We're on board. It's just, there, is, <laughs> there is people talking about it. And it's, it's, it's just an interesting one to, to, to keep note of. But hey, it's the system. And that's how Eurovision works. Yeah. And um, 
please come back one day, Casey Donovan. I think you'd be an amazing Eurovision performer. Oh, I really she do. Would. Oh, that's good. Let's move on to our third place getter. That was Vanessa Amorossi with Lessons of Love. Cyber things you've done. And I'm wishing they could be your day. Vanessa got second with the jury, third in the tally vote, which is probably a bit of a surprise. Um, winning one of the big favourites, she's come out third. What do you think? I, I thought she was actually going to win the whole thing. Mm. Um, I thought her staging concept was uh, really good mm. and came across really well. And I thought it was very much what people perceive Eurovision to be, which is why I thought it would win the tally. What vote. a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I think, you know, that kind of really epic staging and that move to the next thing and mm-hmm. the big high note and all that, that jazz. We had like rain on her. Yeah. We had a really good um, backdrop with it as well. It had moments she's ripping, there's real, like ripping off clothes. Mm-hmm. I thought that would, you know, maybe the fact that the Australian audience has kind of got with the times a bit and can make go for a more contemporary song and see the value in that rather than going for something that might be a bit more of that 2016 era yeah she definitely had for me the strongest staging uh narrative mm. throughout it she had a storyline mm. and she stuck with it um and it was powerful it came across really really well on the screen i mean to crawl out of a car crash at the I start know. of everything who thinks of things like this yeah it was really really good i think vanessa probably wasn't as vocally spot on as perhaps she could have been mm. and i think maybe that probably cost her a few of the telly votes um you know she wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination but when you've got such a challenging song anything you miss is going to get noticed yeah I, vanessa was always going to get there on her vocal um mm-hmm. it was she was going to live and die on it and you know she's one of the greatest vocalists this country has and I think, I mean, particularly the end, she nailed the end. It was yeah. just as she went into each one of those first two choruses and that very first note, it just didn't quite land. And I think Australians are very wary of not having a perfect vocal. I think we got burnt a little bit in a couple of years. And I think as soon as there was one little mistake, mm. Australians just cast you out. You're like, no, nah, you've got to be perfect. So she might have given herself a bit too much to do. Maybe the revamp was the potential winner but then you know no guts no glory so yeah. she went for it and she maybe didn't got 95 percent there yeah but you had to be 100 she definitely went for it and um yeah probably one of the strongest national findings final stagings i've seen all season for sure oh yeah really great narrative well done vanessa and her team on that one exactly Let's talk about our fourth place getter, Didierian Raw Stuff. And what a fantastic result for a young performer and a tremendous song. So where did he come in the jury in the televote? Fourth with the jury, sixth with the televote. Yeah. So, you know, 63 points. He was a fair way behind Vanessa, but he kind of... Uh, you know, at the same token, was ahead of the rest of the pack. I'm so, so pleased this thing, this song came forth. I think we both really loved this song. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that simple song, and people were like, oh, he's 10th, he's going to get buried. He's not. He, it stands out no matter where you put it, because it was so different than anything else. 
Didiri was a wonderful artist to have. Yeah. Such a nice guy. His Lovely. whole team were just amazing. And to have music like that and that independent music do so well. And the closest thing he had with Montaigne as well. It was, just a, it was a really lovely thing to have in the competition this year. It was an interesting one to be placed 10th in the running order. Um, I don't think it hurt it. Uh, well, no. Obviously, the, the results show it probably didn't. Uh, and it was. And some people said, what an odd way to finish the show. No, I thought it finished it off quite not really, really light, nicely. Exactly. Really nicely. Yeah. It was some interesting uh, staging decisions. It was obviously very simple. Didiria piano. But then we had some split screen and some video montage. Mm. that you don't often see in, in like live national final type no, things. No, no. So a bit of a risk taken there, but it paid off. I thought it was atmospheric and I thought it worked probably for about 90% of the, the split screens. There's a couple was like, oh, not sure there, but the rest of it, it really gave a lovely atmosphere and it really suited the song. So happy it came forth. Likewise, well, likewise, well done to Deary. Fifth place went to Mitch Tambo with Together. Sixth with the juries, fourth with the tally vote, so the public liked him. Total of 57 points in there. Yeah, I think uh, he did really well with the televote. We always thought he would do. Yeah. You know, he is a popular person. Uh, I think his, his narrative of what he brings about bringing uh, our two cultures together is mm-hmm. such a great message. He has charisma on stage. He definitely he has. He really connected down that um, that lens of the camera. Look, it wasn't his vocally, his strongest performance. I think in Australia's Got Talent, he was probably vocally stronger. Um, and I think that just ultimately let him down. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't, certainly probably more minimalist as far as staging-wise for me goes. I probably thought of maybe throwing the kitchen sink at this one and maybe even got a little cliched at times, but it wasn't the road they went down. It was very much a Mitch-centric performance. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he can hold a camera and he certainly got charisma. So yeah, it was an interesting one and uh, he, he obviously the public liked it. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I have no issue with it coming where it came. And I'd love to see him back again. Mm. Like, come back again, and I think he can nail a slightly different performance. And again, fourth in the telly vote. I think he did really well there. Yep, likewise. Let's go on to sixth place. She was one of the fan favourites and probably one of the performances everybody was talking about afterwards. It was Jaguar Jones and Rabbit Hole. Ninth with the juries was a bit of a surprise. It was a bit of a crowd reaction when that score was read out. Uh, fifth with the telly vote. 46 points in total. What's your thoughts on Jaguar's performance? Oh, I mean, I loved it. It was I, great, I, I wasn't thought it? it was so interesting, and I love that we had that in a national final. It felt like something we'd see in Eastie Lau and Estonia or mm. something like that. Uh, really, really, really good. So interesting, and so just her. Uh, I love the kind of breaking down the walls part mm. of it, the intimacy of the first part, and the, the really the struggle. Like you see, it's almost like the internal struggle, and she breaks free of it. I, I love the whole narrative of it. Um, ultimately, I, I'm not sure why it probably did as poorly with the the jury. I think even though it's a really different type of music, as I think we spoke before in the mm. previous stuff, the chorus is quite simple. Yep. Um, you know, you can put some indie music around it, but the chorus is really quite simple. Um, so perhaps musicality maybe featured there I'm, I'm not sure maybe they didn't see it as a Eurovision type song not sure there she was certainly captivating wasn't she I really enjoyed the opening of this when there was a lot of quick camera cuts as well mm. and it really gave a sort of frenzied vibe to the whole thing and she could certainly emote the song and oh, she yeah. struck some pretty weird poses on stage and well, stuff it was pretty cool that's why I thought it went so well with the song yeah like, it really did and I was like oh maybe that won't work for some people at home but she did really well in the public vote yeah. um, I, I, I thought it was great her whole aesthetic was great the whole yellow thing just like the music video mm. um, and this is going to be a great platform for her to build 
build. She's already got Triple J way behind her, but she's been introduced to some mainstream people now. Yeah, and for me, it was one of those ones that worked in the live stadium environment oh, yeah. and also on the television screen. So i got to say, I was a little surprised it was only six, to be honest. Yeah, we had a bit as a wild card of going, wow, this could be the top three. Mm. Um, we had people around us like Steve from the Aussie Vision team who didn't really rate the song. In the stadium, suddenly it was, I think it was almost his winner for the night. Yeah, yeah. So it connected with people. Certainly eye-catching for mm. the Looking forward to seeing what Jaguar Jones can bring in the future. God, yeah. I'm a musician to keep an eye on. Let's go to our seventh place. It was Diana Ruvis' Can We Make Heaven? She got fifth in the jury, which was a pretty high score there, and eighth in the tally vote for a total of 34 points. What do you think of Diana's performance? Vocally, uh, God, I, I love seeing her perform mm. vocally. She's one of my favourite artists in terms of a vocal in Australia. Look, I've said it before, I wasn't a big fan of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, I think that's just what it let it down because her vocal was just really good. She, like, I think one tiny little moment, but... When you're she's doing nitpicking, Dale, you know, nitpicking. I, I am. I'm hello. I, I mean, I can't hold a tune, so I just feel ridiculous doing it. But I'm trying to find reasons why maybe yeah. it didn't connect for some things. But overall, I mean, she did the Mariah thing, which was just perfect. Mm. I like the the difference between her having this almost like um, this short haircut, quite a masculine thing, with this really feminine kind of over the top, almost prom ball. dress yeah, from yeah, the yeah, '80s, and I loved it. I loved it. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. She was kind of in a birdcage circle yeah, thing. Yeah, that was for me, I thought, worked really well with her staging, was that circle type thing she stood, she stood in. And then with the projection, or with the, the screens at the back sticking into that circle made it a real focal point. Um, really, really cleverly done to bring, you know, just everything in. If you're going to have one person on stage, mm. focus the eye in on that one person. I thought it was incredibly clever. Again, vocals, amazing. Like, yeah. what a singer. Oh, what a singer. What a singer. Again, I'm with you. The song for me was just a little too simple and probably not not the right vehicle to take her to Eurovision. A lot of similar songs as well in the night, so yeah, hard some, to stand somehow out. the song works for a lot of people. Like it's yeah, <laughs> you know, not my cup of tea, but yeah. that's it. We have different tastes. Everyone's got different tastes, haven't they? Let's go on to our eighth place, Jack Vision. I am king. I am queen. He came consistently eighth in the jury <laughs> and eighth in the tally vote, thirty-four points. Uh, what did you think of Jack's performance? And I re- number one, I loved his look. I thought that's the best I've seen Jack Vision look in a kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah, I, liked, I, like, I liked his styling as well, what he wore, what yeah, the way he looked. The makeup, I think it was really good. A mm-hmm. um, bit of smoky eye going on there. <laughs> um, the staging I quite liked as well, actually. And I think it looked really, and the lighting, the lighting was really good for this. Uh, I think Jack's probably done better vocals. Mm. Uh, I think he would say that himself. And there was probably a, a lot of like, you know, vocal gymnastics that maybe he went for that didn't quite work out and I think that just let it down certainly goes for the high range doesn't he concentrates on that, that <laughs> there was a lot of high range there's there. a lot yeah, of high range stuff going on particularly towards the end of the song yeah. but they did he did manage to, you know it's almost like that gospel style song that he's got mm. and it he kind of pulled it off like it really did. I, I thought it really worked. Mm, um, I disagree. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, look, I'll probably be with you as far as the vocal goes. Probably seeing Jack do some stronger ones, but yes, it was a yeah. challenging song. It was, you know, always the way he wanted to do it. So, you know. That's it. Same before. Uh, no guts, no glory. You've got to go for these things, and if it doesn't come off, it doesn't come off. It's- Particularly when you've got some great vocalists up against you, you've got to try and, you know, get, get one over them. But I think we all got to know Jack a lot better through this entire Australia Decides process, and I think that's great. I think that's really good for him as an artist to be on TV 
doing an original song that's very personal to him, and I think that worked really well. Very good point, I think. Let's move on to our ninth place. It was our show opener, Iota with Life. Did open the show with a bang. I've got his conversation <laughs> that. What, what a showman this guy is. What charisma he's got. Um, look, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that the staging was everything I loved about it. A couple of people hanging from <laughs> strings. But did he sell the hell out of that? Mm. He is one hell of a performer. And uh, look, it, it was an interesting choice as vocally I thought he made sometimes throughout the performance. But for me, I think he concentrated on the showmanship of it mm. all and not just you know, technical going up and down scales as far as a vocal goes. To me, he, he was this kind of outrageously camp flamboyant ringmaster. Yeah, exactly. Of a, of a circus of this gender-bending, hanging up trapeze, people with trumpets and <laughs> keyboards and whatever. Uh, yeah, again, look, maybe I thought maybe more might happen, but he can hold the stage on his own. And the way he used the crowd and the wave thing, yeah, that was genius. Incredible, because, incredibly smart. Yeah, and the recap was perfect for that. Like, ah, oh, we all got just into had a it. whole stadium waving. You know, it looked really, really good. One of the the best aesthetics of the entire night. That little mm-hmm. that movement of that, it was just wonderful and really good show opener. Yep, yep, no, really, really well done. Well. Somebody has to come 10th, Dale. Mm-hmm. In any competition, there's always a 10th place. Jordan Ravi with Pushing Stars. Uh, he came 10th in the jury, 10th in the tally vote, actually. So, um, look, anyone's going to be tough for anyone to finish 10th in this field, to be honest. And I think if that is the 10th place getter, I think it shows the quality of the songs and the performance. Yeah, I think we always said this is, might be more of a studio song than a live song. Mm-hmm. Saying that, I thought Jordan Ravi's vocal um, was really good in yep. quite a challenging um, section there, particularly in the chorus, to get those all those U's uh, to be uh, you know spot on. They were mm-hmm. really good. He sold it with his guitar. He did what he could. Yep. I think for this to be successful, you had to throw the kitchen sink at the staging. You probably would have had to do more movement in the LEDs. I didn't really get the narrative of that too much, other mm. than maybe single people in their flat. I don't know. With <laughs> cat probably um or something like it just i don't know i wanted more movement i wanted more moments and he sold it as best he could but i don't think it the overall thing didn't quite work and hence why it was 10th and 10th i kind of agree with you it kind of got a little bit trampled didn't it with all the the big big voices going on and and lots of big props etc mm. perhaps coming in second uh, may have slipped the people's minds or whatever but i thought he did a really great job of what he does and what he sells yeah and he can be very proud of his performance for that and um yeah i was a little little confused about the aesthetic of the screens behind him but me that's just me look i think he's been introduced to australian tv audiences he sings well, he plays guitar well. This will not be the last we hear of him, and that's what this show is all about. It's getting people in front of that, you know, wouldn't normally watch Jordan Ravi because he's new to the Australian scene. Absolutely, and as I say in this field, no shame in coming 10th in this field. No. Well, Dale, that wraps up Australia Decides 2020. I think we both say that was a massive success and a massive tick for everybody. Massive success, a big event on the calendar now. Um, it'll be really, I think it's just going to build and build and build. And I think we've really seen it. It's very hard to come back for your second year. Yep. And any little like tiny things like auto cues going down and live <laughs> TV, it was always going to be the case. They've done such a great job. Yep. And I think third year, I think we might see it really, really peak. And talking about third year, we did have the announcement, of course. Dami Im oh is coming back and that was quite a big surprise. I mean, it was. most people thought she was going to say she was pregnant. <laughs> Not that she was even even slightly showing. Well, you mean she sang a three-minute song with Mons and now she's pregnant? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, look, to be honest, it was a massive shock in the stadium and good luck with finding nine other people that want to go up against Dami Im now. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I like the stadium went off and the chance for Dami came out and... No, you poor know, Mons. And, <laughs> no. yeah, I know, he was forgotten, like Mons who, sorry for the only time that night. But um, I think, it, it, look, I, I love that she's coming back. Yeah. I do go like, oh, okay, well... It is going to be hard to find nine other people now. Yeah. And you've got a year-long build-up to this. So, interesting timing. But, uh, I mean, look, at the ultimately, at the end of the day, Dami Im coming back is a wonderful thing. Exactly. Australia's premier vocalist. So, that's exactly. fantastic. Then often a uh, Eurovision runner-up will return. So, if she wins the ticket, that is. So, you know, interesting. She's got a year to find a song and... Better, yeah. be, better be good. Yeah, I know. She's going to come back. You've got, you've got to come back with a good song. Right. Well, that, that's it for, for now. Well, look, we did. We are going to have a little bonus, quick little episode because we yeah. did speak to Paul Clark, head of delegation in Australia. And we did also speak to the saint of Eurovision himself, Yon Olasand. Mm. And there were some really interesting um, takes on the direction of Australia decides, the direction of Australia in the contest as well. Um, and things around national finals with Yon Olasand, which I found really interesting. And we're going to put it a bonus little episode of a 10 minute thing so yeah uh, watch out for that that'll be coming after this as well but thanks for joining us for our complete coverage of australia decides 2020 we've been going now for a few weeks on that one. Oh, feels like a few months more like all those uh, songs coming out <laughs> that's but... why my voice is cracking but we got there in the end we'll be back with our weekly regular update tomorrow we'll yes. do that because a lot of other things have happened rather than australia but we need to catch up on them yeah we weren't up at uh, the usual 5 a.m this morning <laughs> we definitely were not doing that but so. we'll be covering all the other national finals and the drama of san remo etc so it should yep. be an excellent it should be an excellent <laughs> podcast should, should be a good one all right thanks so much for joining us i hope you enjoyed australia decides it was a wonderful weekend thanks guys uru see you later